Happy New Year. My name is John, and I'm so excited to be able to share with you this morning on the first Sunday of 2021. It's, it's, it's exciting, right? Yeah, you can clap. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, how many of you, how many of you were, like, you breathed a sigh of relief at midnight uh, because 2020 was finally over? Anybody? Yeah, some of you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, how many of you, how many of you were a little leery still and didn't quite breathe, breathe easily because we're not sure what 2021, there you go. There, there's, there's my glass, glass half emptiers right here. Uh, yeah, so we, I, I'm more in that crowd. I, I am more in the, the crowd that 2020 was over, 2021 was, was here. And my thought was, okay, now what's going to happen this year? Now, I, 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 I'm a worrier. Uh, I didn't say warrior. I said worrier. I, I don't fight in battles. Uh, I think about things. I worry about things over and over and over. And uh, not only uh, do I have high levels of anxiety, which I do, but I have a very specific kind, which is uh, I, I have a obsessive compulsive type of anxiety. So uh, what that means is that I obsess over things. I think about things over and over and over and over and over. And so 2020 um, has been great for me. I mean, having this type of anxiety, I, I, I am constantly going over and over in my mind whether or not I have the symptoms of COVID. It doesn't help that I, I'm, I'm also a hypochondriac. And so and this has been great. I mean, it's just constantly obsessing over weight Okay, okay, I'm all right, I'm all right. So, I mean, that's, that's what it is, has been. You know, I, uh, I, I get anxious when, um, when I, I'm uncertain of things. I, I don't like the ambiguity of, uh, of certain things. I tell my wife all the time, I, I don't really care what the answer is. I just want to know one way or the other. I don't, I don't like not knowing. I don't like uncertainty. And 2020 brought us all a lot of uncertainty, Right? That is one of the things that we had to learn to live with in, in 2020 was uncertainty. Not knowing what was going to come next, what was going to happen next, what, when this was going to be over. Another thing that we learned in, in, in 2020 was, was that our schedules, right? When everything stopped, we realized that our schedules were crazy, we realized that we were so busy. We probably didn't even realize it until everything stopped. And then when everything stopped, you realized, oh, man, I am really, really busy. See, some of us, we, we filled our schedules up with things because we, because we thought that, that these things were necessary. These things were, were things that we needed to do. And then we realized pretty quickly after not doing them that maybe they weren't all necessary. Maybe they weren't all necessary. Instead, maybe some of them were just distractions. And so for the next few, a few moments, this is what I, I, I want to share. I want to share about how to focus on what really matters. How to find what really matters in all of the distractions and focus on that. Let's see, a, a moment ago, we, we read the, the passage from Luke chapter 12, uh, a very familiar passage. Don't worry about food or clothes. Instead, seek the kingdom. Instead, seek the kingdom. See, the, the word there, worry, you know, some translations have 
uh, anxious, don't worry, don't be anxious. That, that word that Jesus used there uh, that we translate as worry was merimnao, which, uh, which is made up of two Greek words, merizo, which means to cut or divide, and then nous, which means mind. And so what Jesus is saying is don't let your mind be divided. Like literally, don't have a divided mind. Don't have a divided mind about what you're going to eat or about what you're going to wear. And what he's saying is don't be distracted by what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. See, at first glance, at first glance this, this passage seems as though, as though it's a, a challenge for us to not worry about these things in, in the middle of our lack. It seems as though that, that, that he's saying, hey, I, I know you're, you, you don't have these things, so, but, but don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. I know that's what it kind of seems like at first, but really, if you, if you look at it, these, these two items that Jesus chose, food and clothes, these are, are two of the most common things for all humanity across all history. Food and clothes. These are things that everybody needs. These are things that everybody wants. These are things that everybody thinks about, whether like what we're going to eat and how I'm going to cover my nakedness. If you haven't eaten in a couple hours, you are probably consumed with, what am I going to eat? When I was in, in college, I fasted for the very first time. I fasted for the very first time, and uh, it was really interesting to me um, that after a couple days of not eating, every advertisement was about food. Everybody on, on social media was posting about food, what they ate, what they were going to eat. My, my roommate in college, was, was awesome, my roommate in college baked cookies every day that I was fasting. Didn't bake before or after that at all. But every day in that time he baked cookies. Our other roommate was mad. He was like, you're such a jerk, Scott. I mean, regardless of, of Scott's baking, like in this time that I wasn't eating, it was a conscious thing to say, I can't think about food because that's all I wanted to think about was what was I going to eat? What did I want to eat? And it doesn't even have to be days without eating. You go a few hours without eating and you're probably going to start thinking about what am I going to eat next? What, what am I going to eat next? What is that thing that I'm going to eat next? Food consumes our thoughts, right? Especially when we don't have it. And then, and then the clothes, I mean, that's, that's, that's another common thing, right? The, the, probably the, the most infamous nightmare throughout history is that you are in a public place, such as I am right now, and you realize that you don't have clothes on. You're up speaking in front of a group of people and you look down and, oh, I forgot to put pants on. This is really embarrassing. See, see that this is this, this fear, this fear, and it is something that has been, uh, has been throughout history, this fear, this nightmare of not having clothes, because we, we are consumed with wanting to cover ourselves. This goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. What happened, what happened when Adam and Eve sinned the very first time? They hid because they were naked. The clothing, covering ourselves is something that, that, that we have been concerned with all the way throughout history. And don't get me wrong, I am, I am very excited for, uh, for us covering our, our nakedness. But, but what, what this, is, this is about is, is, is that Jesus is saying there is something 
more important than these two things, right? These two things, these, these, these are things that everybody has. So what Jesus was saying is that these two things everybody worries about. So he could say, don't worry about, about this one specific thing, but some cultures don't worry about about money as much as other cultures. Don't worry about, uh, don't worry about the education because some cultures don't worry about education as much as others. But what he said was, don't worry about food and don't worry about clothes because every culture throughout history worries about what they're going to eat and how they're going to cover themselves. This, this, this thing that he's going across and what he's saying is, okay, we all are distracted. We're all distracted by things and don't be distracted by these things because there's something more important. There's something more important. And so what, what, he's, what he's saying here is, is this, this thing is, there is something bigger than these, these things that we find ourselves distracted by. There is something bigger, there's something more important, there's something better than these things that we find ourselves distracted by. And see, it's easy for us to look at this passage and say, okay, he's, he's saying that, that, we, sh- we, we, uh, that we, we shouldn't worry about those things that we don't have. But reality is, he's, he's saying that these are things that everybody worries about. Instead of worrying about them, you should be concerned about something more important, something bigger. You look at the context of this, the chapter that this passage is in. It follows a story about a guy who is known as the rich fool. These two people come to Jesus, they're arguing about inheritance, and, and Jesus looks at them and says, be on your guard against all covetousness. That means the excessive and immoderate desire of acquiring more and more. That sounds like us. And then he says, for, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. See, this is not somebody who is in lack. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. Then I'll store up my grain and my goods. And, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And then after this, Jesus says, don't have a divided mind. So it's not just about, it's not just about not worrying about things you don't have. What he's saying is, hey, there's something bigger than anything that you are worrying about right now. There's something bigger. What he's saying is that there's something more important than you. That's ultimately what he's saying. There's something more important than you, what you want. So this is the time of year that we make resolutions. 83% of all resolutions of, of all resolutions are selfish. They're about me. How am I going to better myself? I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to do this better. I'm going to do this more, right? They're all about how I'm going to better myself. I made up that 83%. Uh, I just completely go with 83 if you make up a number. But anyways, uh, it's probably more like 99, right? It's probably more like 99. We are, we are concerned with, with bettering ourselves and doing things for ourselves. Seriously, when was the last time you made a resolution that this year I'm going to bless other people? This year I'm going to do this for other people. This year, this year I'm going to help that person get out of debt. This year I'm going to help this person save up money for their retirement. 
It's very different when we start to think of the way that we resolve our year around ourselves. And it's not, it's not just this time of year that we are consumed with, with thinking about ourselves and, and focused on bettering ourselves. You know, we tell uh, young couples when they're about to get married, okay, this is how you need to handle your finances, right? This is, this is one of the things that you need to do. You need to, first, you, you need to, to, to save up money until you have $1,000 in an emergency fund. And then once you have that $1,000 in an emergency fund, then you need to save up one month's worth of, of all your bills, all your payments. That needs to be in that emergency fund. And then you need to work to have three months in that emergency fund. And then once you have that three months, then you can start saving up money for your retirement. And I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't be wise with how we use things. We should, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be wise with how we prepare for the future, but what I am saying is that we should be as passionate, as concerned. We should be as intentional about other things that are more important than me. Things that are more important than just how am I going to take care of myself. And so then Jesus says, okay, Instead of worrying about these things, instead of worrying about all of these things, seek the kingdom. There's something more important. There's something much bigger than, than you. There's something much better than you, right? I mean, this, this is what it all boils down to is you. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your body. Instead, seek the kingdom. This is better. This is more important. But what does it mean to seek the kingdom? What does it look like to seek the kingdom? Because that's not something that, that just comes Naturally to all of us, what does it mean to seek the kingdom? Beautiful thing Jesus tells us right off the bat. Seek the kingdom. And then he gives us two things. He says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And I know I just lost some of you right there. Just come back, come back. Jesus was not saying sell all of your possessions and give everything that you have to the poor. That's not what he was saying. I don't even think he was meaning that you should be willing to sell all of your possessions and give to the poor. What he was saying is that we need to do two things. To seek the kingdom, this is what it looks like, is to do two things. Deny yourself and focus outwardly. Deny yourself and focus outwardly. It's okay for you to say no to you. It's okay for you to say no to you. It's actually necessary for you to say no to you. You know, in, in Luke, uh, Jesus says that if anyone wants to, to, to follow me, anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself daily and take up his cross and follow me. That, that it is not only a good thing for us to do, but it is actually a prerequisite to following Jesus is that we learn to say no to me, that I learn to say no to those things that I want, that I learn to say no to my desires, that I learn to say no to those things that I even think are necessary for the sake of something that is bigger. I mean, Jesus himself modeled this, right? In Garden of Gethsemane, he said, he said, okay, God, if there is any other way, if there's any other way, please do that. Please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will, not mine. I mean, he modeled that in the middle of his anxiety, in the middle of his desire to not suffer. He said, he said, okay, all right, you know what, God, I don't want to do this, but I don't want to suffer, but 
I'm going to put my selfish desires for my safety, for my comfort aside because there's something better. There's something more important. John the Baptist said about Jesus when Jesus came on the scene and everyone went to John the Baptist and, and, and he, he looks at them and he says, he must increase, which is the thing that we all agree with, right? We all are like, yes, let's increase Jesus. Let's, let's lift him up. Let's increase his fame. Let's increase awareness of him. Let's put him high. And then he says, but I must decrease, that he must, be, he must be the one that is on center stage and I need to take the back seat. I need to drop back. And that side is a little harder for us because we like those things that we like, right? It's harder for us to say no to ourselves. It's harder for us to say no to those things that we want, those things that we like. That's why we are so distracted because we enjoy things. My mom used to say growing up, uh, all the time to me. John, if you're full of yourself, there's no room for God. If you're full of yourself, there's no room for God. And, and the older I get, I am almost daily realizing how true that actually is. The more I am concerned about me and more concerned about my things, the less room there is for God to move in, in my life. This is more this is more than just simply saying, this year, this year I'm going to be better. This year I'm going to focus on God more. This year I'm going to read my Bible. This is, this is, some, this is something different than that. See, because if, if everything else in our life stays the same, then our approach to our time with God, our approach to our relationship with God is going to stay the same as well. And I want to say that again, if, if everything in our lives, in our schedule, in our focus, if everything stays the same, then our approach to our time, our walk, our relationship with God is going to stay the same as well. It's not just about adding something else to yourself because you are too busy. I am too busy. It's not about just adding something else. Something has to go. And Jesus says, start with you. Something has to go, so start with your desires. Start with those things that you feel are really, really important. See, Pastor Scott said at Christmas Eve services that we need to, to learn to make room for Jesus. We need to learn to make room for Jesus. And that, that thought has been going over and over in my mind. How do I make room for Jesus? What are those things that I need to say no to? in order for God to have room in my life? What are those things that I need to deny in order for God to have room in my life? See, a few, a few months ago, I realized that uh, I, I was looking at Facebook and was getting really frustrated with the, the things I was seeing on, on Facebook. I know it's surprising, um, but, but people put crazy things on Facebook. And uh, I realized that I was getting really, really frustrated with some of the things that I saw on Facebook over and over. And, and I realized then that it was the same few people were posting these, these ridiculous things over and over. And, and then I realized that I was going to Facebook more and more often because I was getting so angry at what they said. And, and I would go back and I would look to see what they said. And, and, and I realized that I was in this vicious cycle of, of wanting to see what stupidity I saw on Facebook and then being angry at the stupidity that I saw on Facebook 
Don't worry, it's none of you. But anyways, I, I, I realized that I was getting so angry. It's just a vicious cycle. And, and, and one day my, my wonderful, wise wife said, just stop looking at what they say. And I was like, okay. She said, just unfollow them. And so there's a little act of unfollowing. I clicked a button on Facebook where I no longer saw what they posted. And it was crazy how different it was. Because with them not taking up space on my feed, it actually opened up room for people who were posting things that were encouraging, that were, that were, were exciting, that were good to read, that were good to see. And then, then I realized that I stopped going to Facebook as much. I stopped being obsessed with this, this social media platform because I decided that I was going to say no to these things that I was so consumed with. I gave myself the gift of time. What are those things that, that we need to let go of? What are those things that we are consumed with? Those things that we are distracted by that we need to learn to say no to in order to make room for something that is bigger, something that is better, something that is more helpful, something that is lasting. See, Jesus goes on to say that once we remove these distractions, once we say no to these things... We need to fill those voids with something intentionally. Because voids will be filled, whether intentionally or unintentionally. If there is a, a void, if there is a, an empty space, we will fill it. And the, the tendency for us is to fill it with things that concern me. And see, I said earlier that it wasn't that Jesus was saying, sell everything that you have and give all of it to the poor. It wasn't about the stuff. What he was saying was that you should sell these things that are so important to you, these things that are so distracting to you. You should get rid of these things that you are so consumed with. And instead of what is our natural tendency, to spend that money that we make after selling these things on things for us, instead of being more concerned with things for us, we should give it to the poor. We should be concerned about somebody else, something outside of you, something outside of you. He was trying to get his disciples to realize that there is an importance, there is a need for you to be concerned about the people around you, not only yourself. And that's something that we have to realize as well, that there is a need for us to be concerned about those around us. It's not about them having what you worked for. It's not about them being able to benefit from your hard work. What it is, is these people that God wants to bless, these people that God cares about being cared for by God's people whom he has blessed. As Jesus was sending out his disciples, he said, he said freely you've been given, so freely give. What we have is not ours anyways. We have what we have because God has chosen to give it to us. And when we learn to say, okay, I don't need to be concerned with those things that are about me, those things that concern me, when I don't need to be about those, instead I want to be about something bigger, which is the kingdom, that's when, that's when we, as Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures, money bags that last, that will not fade away, that nothing can destroy 
Because it's not about something for your retirement. It's something that is bigger than you. It's about the kingdom of God. This act of caring for somebody else, of being concerned with the needs of somebody else around us is our, is our act of living into the kingdom. And see, you, you may see it, I may see it as charity, but God sees it as kingdom. See, too many of us are consumed with taking what we've been giving and using it for ourselves. But then the older you get for your kids and then grandkids. We're consumed with using it for ourselves. And the, the kingdom of God is being concerned with things that are outside of us. Being focused on those things that are outside of me. And this is hard because our natural tendency is to be focused on me. My natural tendency is to be focused on me. But we have to learn to say no to the distraction of self. You know, often I'm reminded of the, the scene from the movie Schindler's List where Oscar Schindler is looking at some of his possessions at the end of the movie and he's, he's saying this, this could have been another person. And he's looking at these possessions that he had that he didn't use to help somebody else and said, I should have used them for somebody else. Now, I wonder how different our lives would be if we looked at our possessions not as a way to sit comfortably ourselves, not as a way to save up for our future, but we looked at our possessions and those things that we have as a way to bless other people, as a way to glorify God by blessing other people. What if we use those things that God has freely given to us to freely give to other people, knowing that God knows those things that we need, those things that we want, and that he wants to take care of his people? How different would our lives be if we were, if we were willing to say no to those things we want in order to say yes to those things God wants? The author Warren Wiersbe says that being rich toward God means to acknowledge gratefully that everything we have comes from God and then make an effort to use what he gives us for the good of others and the glory of God. And he goes on to say that wealth can be enjoyed and employed at the same time if our purpose is to honor God. God wants to bless us, but what he wants is for us to be willing to say, I'm not concerned with me. I am not focused on me. Instead, I am focused on the kingdom. I'm focused on this thing that is outside of me. So this year, that's what I want my desire to be. This year, that's what I want my focus to be. Is to be willing to say no to those things that I so desperately desire. Those things that I so desperately want for the sake of glorifying God. For the sake of blessing other people because that is living in the kingdom. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray that you would help us to live in the kingdom, God. To be kingdom-minded, not self-minded. To be concerned with what you are concerned with.
to be intentional about using those things that you have blessed us with in order to bless those around us. Challenge us, challenge us this year to say no to self and to focus outwardly. In your name we pray, amen.